Brethren, isn't it good news that there will be no dark valley <laughs> when Jesus comes? He's, um, he's taken away sin already, and soon he's going to gather together his elect from the four corners of the earth, right? He's gonna, we're going to be gathered together, uh, not only those that are here, alive and remain, but the special blessing for those that have already departed, they get to be raised first, right? <laughs> yeah, they get a, the dead's going to raise. Well, you know, um, I wanted to, to, to thank the Lord for making me aware of it. On the front of the schedule, <laughs> there were several, um, well, there were just strange mistakes. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I think I've got them all corrected now. You know, I, I, I don't intentionally, obviously, um, uh have mistakes like that, but they were, um, when I, when I read through it and I thought that's can't be right. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, I was glad to, um, I, I thought I read through it several times before, but, um, it's amazing how, if you write something, you can just know in your mind says, I know what that says. And you skip over it, I guess that's, but anyway, I was thankful for the Lord. We want to, if we do make an error, right, we want to correct it. Especially when the Lord gives you to see it. I mean, that would, and it was kind of a, a a lesson for me too, you know, because now I guess I could have seen that and said, well, it doesn't matter, you know, but see, now that's where it would have been really bad, right? When the Lord shows you something, even as insignificant as that may seem, if it's an error, it's an error. And so it needs to be corrected. And, and until you see it, you really can't correct it, right? You have to be given to see it. So anyway, it's a little lesson to, 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 within it, within a, a correction. That was good. Anyway, uh, to, we're going to keep uh, going through this. This is part three of what is faith. Now, uh, I, I've chosen on purpose to, to approach every one of these texts in a different way. I, I've, we, I personally have gone through it several times, this, this chapter, but I'm not going through it in the same same way. I, I want to see something different. I want to see something new and fresh in it. And, and I think that um, today we're going to see that. We're going to jump right into the account, Genesis chapter 4. By faith um, is, is, is what I want us to consider today. By faith, we can offer a more excellent sacrifice. Do you really, <clears throat> and I'll just, you know, get to the bottom line of, of what... What, what, he, what he's God's teaching here in this section is that faith makes the difference. Yes. This is the thing. Faith, if you don't have faith, it really doesn't make any difference about anything else. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, so the, in this, as we look through this, this, this account, that in the back of our minds, this is, this is what he's really, really saying. I, it can get... Sometimes, you know, if you, especially if you start reading commentaries, um, and I like to read commentaries. They're like sermons of old, uh, old saints that have gone on before. They're, they're all profitable in some way. So the, this, I'll just read this, uh, Genesis 4, verses 1 or 2. And Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, the record would suggest, I don't know that, how you could get away from it, but like I said, there's, there's been a lot of conjecture on this. The, the record would suggest that these were Adam and Eve's first two children, right? Then chapter 3, we've got the fall, and then chapter 4 begins, and, and Adam knows this just seems like a natural 
conclusion, wouldn't you think? I mean, but, you know, there are some that have suggested that since Cain later found a wife from the land of Nod, there had to be other people. There had to be. You see, that's just a that's just a, some kind of idea, right? That's just a suggestion. And it's an assumption. In other words, they, they, they reason it out and say, well, that had to be because, I guess, because of the way I'm reasoning. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way everybody, if you look at it and you don't look at what God's doing, and, and, and plus then we're going to find out that there's, there's um, this actually makes perfectly good sense, what God's done and how he's done it. Uh, and, and this, of course, uh, some people say that... Um, because of that, because he found that there had to be more children born from Adam and Eve. That, that was the suggestion made, okay? Obviously, there was more children born, but it's just a question of from who, right? That it, anyway, east of Eden, um, we, we need, in this, and this is what I just decided to do, and, and actually, as, as, as that was what I wanted to do, I just want to trust that the Lord's given us exactly what we need for life and godliness, right? So sometimes it'd say, I would like more explanation. I won't see, but you're not God. God gave us what we need, all right? Now, I'm not saying that we can't understand this because <clears throat> obviously we can. Cain was the firstborn, and Abel was born sometime after him. We don't even have a time. We don't even know how the, the distance between them. It's, it isn't recorded in the scriptures. So that would be the same as if I decided I'm going to put a time on it. Right? Well, that would be silly, right? right? I mean, it would be inaccurate. And yet, this is, some people take the liberty with the scriptures to add in their, yes? Well, I want to go back to this matter of the, uh, the progenitor of the human race. Uh-huh. All men come from Adam. That's right. They uh-huh. are the progenitors. That's right. God created one man and one woman and if a person wants to try to to conjecture, uh-huh. I don't know the details, right. but when he concluded all under sin that he might have mercy upon, upon all. If a person is not a descendant of Adam, then he does not have the sin nature of Adam. That's right. Yep. So that's right. All men have sinned. Mm-hmm. Then they have come from Adam. That's right. See, what they don't realize is when you start creating your own doctrines and philosophies, what you're doing is you're you're complicating that anyone's ever going to understand what is written. Because okay, there's there some to say, well, but he had many, many more children in the garden before they left. Okay, I don't know where they get that from. They have to, in their mind, they have to answer this question about Cain finding a wife, right? Well, if that's true, that that Adam and Eve, like Sister June just said, now if Adam and Eve had children before they fell, then all those children would be sinless, right? So, but see, so all of a sudden you've got you've complicated uh, the ability to understand, right? He said that Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. That's right. Say Adam, Eve, and their families. Exactly. So I mean, and we have no record. Yes. Come to the scripture. That's right. And and these are those questions that gender strife. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's pointless. That's right. But if you just look at what we are told, that's right. It's not confusing at all. That's right. And if you just take a piece of paper, does somebody else have something? 
if you just take a piece of paper and start writing down the, what we have as far as lifespans, yeah, these, these brethren lived eight or nine hundred years <laughs> and had sons and daughters. Now, now <laughs> so you start doing the math on that, and it has, they, you have no problem with there being cities out there. You know, uh, it, it, see, it's just silly. Okay, so eight or nine hundred years. So a person could have a whole lot of children. They could have a whole lot of grandchildren. They could have a whole lot of great-great-grandchildren and a whole lot of great-great-great-great-grandchildren. And we're talking 800 years. And you're, you're productive the whole time. It didn't say that, well, but in parentheses, but when they got 600, they, were, they couldn't. No, it says, and had sons and daughters. Up until 800, let's see, this is, is it, June? Uh, sin, the, the corruption uh-huh. in uh, humanity, both spiritual and physical, are the motions of death. Yes, that's right. Okay. Fresh out of the garden... Adam and Eve did not have the genetic corruption that we have now. Yeah. And so, and yeah, I, th- I think we'd be all amazed to see the, the, sp- the physical condition of the antediluvians uh, before, the, uh, before the flood, and after the flood that things started going downhill. But uh, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me at all that mm-hmm. they would have the strength and the time to, to fill the earth, replenish it with people. God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden and populated the entire world mm-hmm. through them. That, otherwise, if there was another line, then we would have to have another Savior. Or, see, Jesus came in, in the image it was in similitude of God. He was came in a man who was in the image and similitude of God. So, so this, it, when you start reasoning these things out, you can get on and left field. You got to stick with what's written, mm-hmm. brother. In uh, here on the next page, three, First uh-huh. uh, John three eleven and twelve. This is the message he heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain who was of that wicked one. That's right. And I've read and heard from people who claim that. Cain was literally of the wicked one. But mm-hmm. the text in Genesis 4.1 says Adam knew his wife Eve. That's right. And she conceived and bare Cain. So there is no indication that... Well, physically, we know that he was he was of Adam. Spiritually, he was of the wicked one. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's, you know... That and, but see, where, what drives the body? The spirit. Yeah. So see, that's what that verse is telling us. Who, who was in control of Cain? The wicked one. Okay, that, 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 and in a process of time, and now that's a very important statement. Okay, and this is the thing that when people come to wrong conclusions, they miss this point. It, we're talking about in the process of time, it came to pass, it came brought forth to the fruit of the ground. In other words, it, there, there was a time frame between the time that he, they were born, obviously, until this account happened, which would which would mean that there were many sons and daughters. There were many. In other words, God's done everything well. Now, I didn't say this in order to try to prove where the people from land of Nod came. That's not our business. That really isn't. I mean, we can, we can know it's there. We can know that he went there and he found a wife, right? That's all true. And so, but see, when you just believe that, why that takes a lot of, 
a lot of stress off your mind, like you have to try to somehow figure out the gaps that God didn't reveal. Maybe he didn't reveal them for a reason, right? Maybe we just believe that, and then what? We could have comfort and peace and not have to... (laughs) All those arguments can go away. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the first into the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Now, as we go through this, we're going to see we can learn a lot from both of these sacrifices. Both of these sacrifices will teach us something here, okay? Now, on the surface, it says, Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock, which means he brought the best of the best. He brought, he went, you could tell there was care taken by Abel to choose out the best for God, okay? Why did he do that? We're going to see it was because of faith. In other words, he, he believed that God is and that he's a rewarder. And I say, I, he didn't have to have, he didn't have to have that text in, um, in Hebrews 10, did he? He didn't have to have that text, or, or that was in Hebrews 11. He didn't have to have that text. He had it in his heart. He knew God. See, he was in fellowship with God, just like Job. How did Job, he didn't have a Bible. How did he know all that about? Because when you're in fellowship with God, see, he reveals himself. So see, as, as we walk with, with the Lord, we have the testimony, the word and the testimony, right? But that isn't the end. This isn't the end of fellowship. It's the beginning of fellowship. As you come to know God and you draw close to him, he'll, he'll reveal. How about Enoch, right? Enoch, 365 years on the earth. And when people were living eight, 900 years, and his dad lived like 960-something years. Anyway, so what? He took that soon? It's like you just cut off? No, he wasn't cut off at all. God took him. See, the fellowship with God got so intense with between them. God, I want you with me. I mean, that's what it says. God took him. Well, I, 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 that would be pleasing, wouldn't it? Yeah. To be so close to God that he just, he just takes you to be with him. I, I like that thought anyway. Yeah. So they both brought sacrifices, right? Mm-hmm. Abel didn't bring the skinniest and the lame. Now, this is still relevant today. And, and this is, you know, what the whole point of this lesson is that we offer a more excellent sacrifice see when you're living by faith and you're pressing in to know christ you won't choose the least to give to god that isn't what will happen that that happens when a person's drawing back see in other words as soon as you become the main point as soon as you become the head well then god's at best a background issue it's like, yeah, I know there's a God, and, you know, I'll appease him. I'll bring him his sacrifice. See, that was the attitude of Cain, wasn't it? That was his attitude, and you can tell this. Cain, on the other hand, brought uh, the fruit of the ground, and it appears that there was nothing special about what he brought. There was no distinction made. It was just some of that stuff. And yet, consider how tender the Lord is with him. I mean, this is this is documented in Scripture. Now, he could have just killed him right there, right? God's God. But see, he's going to teach us something. He's tender, and yet he's firm with Cain. He doesn't, he doesn't soften it up. 
And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? I love these questions. You go through the scriptures and you see the questions that God asks people. They're, see, they're, they're still relevant today. As you, you ever been upset about something that was just, well, God, can, he can speak to you. Why, why are you upset about that? No, what does that have to do? What does it matter to you if so-and-so or this and this? Why are you wroth? Why are you angry? Why is thy countenance fallen? And then this is a genuine statement by God. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If Cain would have done well, if he, he would have been accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall hit be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, you know, I, I don't think i ever seen that with quite that much power. The Lord's actually speaking something to Cain, and this should have emboldened him. He just told Cain, thou shalt rule over him. Did you think about that? Who said that? So, so he's, he's, he just told Cain, thou shalt rule over him. But did he rule over him? Did Cain end up ruling over sin? No, he didn't. In other words, he passed by the opportunity to do what was right. He passed it right by. We're briefly considering the actions of Cain because we're comparing his unbelieving actions with what a believer would do. See, this is, and, and throughout the scriptures, there's many examples like this God puts forth. There's, there's uh, someone who's doing right, and then usually in the context, sometimes there'll be someone who's doing the opposite. All right, you got, you got David, and then you got his son, Absalom, right? You see how that, that's such a contrast, like, you would think that one of David's sons would know, to, to, this is Adam, we're seeing in his first two offspring, this war that's going to be going on throughout all time. You've got one that is of the wicked one, and one that's of the Lord, and, and they're, they're, they're not going to get along very well. There's going to be some friction, because you'll see that the, the one that's ungodly thinks he has more power than he really has. He thinks he's in control, and he takes control, and he'll just run right over. Now, ultimately, we can see from this account that God was the one that was in control, right? God was the one that was orchestrating the whole thing, allowing the whole thing, in order that we might see some greater things. So really, why was, why was Cain cast down? Was it because he had become aware that he had displeased God? See that? What if a person, they do something wrong, and, and God, they become aware of it, they're convicted. We know now that the Holy Spirit's the one, he will convict you of sin. All right? Was that what, what it was, that Cain was convicted of sin, and then he was cast down, and he thought, I've, I've displeased God, and, and in that cast-down state, see, this is, we, the, the, the account bears it out. This is not the case at all. Why was he cast down? Because his brother was accepted and he wasn't. Yeah. And that just wasn't fair, was it? That wasn't right. And in Cain's eyes, he was angry and he blamed his brother for it, the one he could see, even though it was really, he needed to look in the mirror, right? Yeah. He hadn't done, and, and so God, God talks to him. 
Think about how many people in the Bible have actually had a word from God, a direct word from God. It's not all that common. And here Cain gets a word from God, which means he could have arrested his situation. He could have changed it. He could have said, no, this is, I've done wrong. But see, it, 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 we know more about this account than what Abel did. Okay? We have, we have the whole revelation. And we have, uh, it, like, like uh, Brother David just read for us, we have a valid conclusion why Cain acted this way. For this is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain. All right, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And then he get, tells us why. We don't have to ask ourselves, I wonder why he killed him. Wherefore, slew he him because his own works were evil and his brothers were righteous. That's why he killed him. In other words, he couldn't stand the testimony of, 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 of Abel anymore. Every time he saw him, what did he think of? His own sin. And so it, in his diminished capacity he thought i'll get rid of the testimony and he killed him right and he went and he talked into the field he talked to him in the field and he killed him he killed his brother his younger brother the one he should have protected right he was the elder he was the, the he should have protected him but he didn't because he was of the wicked one and his works were were, were not righteous so he kills him. Well, what did he do when he killed him? And I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I'm just too excited. What did he do? What did he really do when he killed him? He set that, that firmly in his mind and conscience forever. He could never get rid of the testimony of Abel. All the way up through the scriptures, there was a testimony of a righteous man, right? That Cain killed this righteous man. And, and then God put a mark on him, right? He, God, do you think, well, God's going to show up and just take him out? No, that would have, he would have, you know, he would have been living someplace else. With the, this was a testimony in the earth. Don't kill Cain. He murdered. He is a murderer of his brother. Well, we got the first murderer, and we got the first martyr, right? The first martyr. So Cain could have done well, but he chose not to. Just like, who sins? Those who want to. That's who does it. In other words, Satan will work in a person, not just to, to, to you know, they, he won't say, well, I don't know, he could say, but it, normally he doesn't say, just, just, just leave the church. Just leave. Just get a, become an apostate. That's not the way he, he works. It's like little things. The little foxes spoil the vine. It's just little things. Well, you don't have to study so much. You don't have to give all, all your time to God. You know, he knows that, you know, there's, you're, you deserve some of that time. You see how Satan works. And how did he work in, in this case? I don't know how many sacrifices they had done. doesn't tell us. We don't need to know that. All we know is, is that we have more revelation. We, we don't have to think about why he did it. We are told he did it because his works were evil. That's why he did it. Cain, why, why did Abel do his, what motivated him? Because his works were righteous. See, and so, I like this, the, the, the way that the King James and some of the other translations too, I, I like the way that they, that they word this. 
when he told Cain, If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall his desire be. Now, sin's pictured here as a living entity. Okay, so some translations render it as a fierce lion, right? It's crouching at the door, right? And he's seeking to devour you. And so what did Cain do? Instead of listening to God, he opens the door. And what happened? Well, he was devoured. That's what happened. Same way that it will with, with anyone, especially if God gives you a warning. Now, how does he do it today? Does he boom out of heaven? He doesn't have to. You've got the, the witness in yourself. So you'll, you'll, you'll be convicted. That, that's, not, that's not right. What do you do? Well, don't just step over it. Don't step over the conviction and say, well, that's, but I'm different. I can, I can do this and it won't affect me. I don't know if you've ever had that, that thought, that ever, that ever temptation, that I can do something that I know is not right to do and it'll be okay. It's not okay. That's the definition of sin, right? Yeah. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it's sin. You say, well, yeah, but the neighbor, he does it all the time. You don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. You worry about what you're doing. Yeah. That's what we've been called. I only have power to reign over this body. But we do have power to reign over it. And Cain had power too. Sister Jen? Yeah. It's written, whatsoever maketh manifest is light. Uh-huh. God is light. That's right. Now, we could have had this account uh-huh. without the words of God here to Cain. Yes. And we would not have understood it That's right. as well as we do. God yes. is setting forth here the, the darkness yes. and light. That's right. Amen. And, and so it, he's. This is in the beginning verses. Yes, that's so right. So it's not like darkness and light had a. Pro, it was like thousands of years right, before right. there was a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Darkness has always been darkness. That's right. Light has always been light. That's right. And God has always been attentive to it. Yes. Now I didn't put this in here, but this is the. the, the Look, think about what Adam and Eve now see. They're they're not only witnessing; they're living this. Okay, they're seeing what are some of the ramifications of doing something that God said not to do. How 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 far does the effect of that travel? Well, Eve had to look at one of her sons become a murderer, and her other son become a martyr. Now, see that this this couldn't have been easy. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, we'll have more kids. No, they didn't live in our generation. This is the way that the people may think today, some people, that it's, it's not really a big deal, you know. This, she thought that Cain was the seed. Now she's finding out this is not, he's not the seed. The seed wouldn't murder his brother. Abel became the first martyr. Cain killed his brother because his brother's sacrifice had been accepted by God, revealing that he was righteous and that the testimony, that testimony must have been too much for him to live with. Well, we know from the previous chapter that sin entered in by the disobedience of one man and it reigned. You can see this now. See, this has become evident that what Adam had did, what he brought sin into the world, and now he passed that on to his son. 
Jesus said, well, maybe just, maybe just Adam would be sinful, and then the next generation can be holy and righteous. No, that isn't the way it worked at all. It passed down. The only one that was able to avoid it was the man that was born that was not from the lineage of Adam. All the ones from Adam, every single person that's born of his seed is born in sin. That's just just the way it is. Now, it it doesn't mean that they're going to go to hell or be separated from God if they die in childbirth. Some people have created doctrines and say, well, see, they're born in sin. So, no, that's, that's that's not even, that's not true. What makes you a sinner is when you sin, okay? What makes you sin? Because you have the nature of sin. See, it's in you, and it wants to get out of you. And, and what we're witnessing is, is it, it got out so much that one, the elder brother killed the younger brother. Well, that's not, that's not even natural. See, this is the point. It's not even natural. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent. Now, what made Abel sacrifice a more excellent sacrifice? And a lot of people have, well, commentators suggest many things. But when we compare all the revelation that God's made known in the scriptures concerning those involved, we can get an idea of what's really going on behind the scenes here. The Holy Spirit records, this is what he records. Cain was of that wicked one, 1 John three eleven. Abel obtained witness that he was righteous, Hebrews 11.4. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord in Genesis 4.16. He went out of the presence of the Lord. I, that's, that was scary. Even think about that. Abel's works were righteous, and God continues, continues even to this day to testify that he's righteous. He's righteous. God had respect unto Abel. And to his sacrifice, to his better sacrifice, God had not respect to Cain. And to his sacrifice. The lesson that is most evident to me is that we never want to find ourselves in a situation where God won't accept us. I mean, that's just the point, right? I mean, he's showing us something here that you can get yourself through, of course, with him, it was anger, right? He got so angry. And you know how his anger can affect people. It, it like it, it, they get angry, they can't reason properly. All of a sudden, everything becomes about them, and within the, at that point in time, you're the most susceptible to do something that you wish you wouldn't have done. When you're angry and you wax hot, see God can get angry and not sin, but see, He tells us to be angry, but sin, sin not. You get upset because false doctrines being teachers. Well, get upset. But don't sense. This is a tricky road for men. We we don't have this capacity inside of us to to manage this kind of stuff. This account in the scriptures is not given so we'll have sympathy for Cain. Oh, you wouldn't believe how much people have sympathy for Cain. Oh, the poor guy. He made one little mistake and then God just threw him away. One simple mistake. But see, the counts there, so we'll be warned that there's some religious service that God will not accept. This was religious service. Cain showed up, and he did religious service, okay? He, in his mind, was worshiping God. Was it really worship? No, it wasn't. It was feigned worship. It was feigned service. And we know God will not accept that. He will not accept that. You're going to bring something to him that's inferior? Well, then you're going to be treated inferior. And that's what he did here. He showed it's just a 
not hard to figure out with this account. It's right in your face. God received one person. He received their person. And this really is the, the crux of the matter, isn't it? With dealing with Cain and Abel, God didn't accept Cain. He didn't accept his person because he was of that wicked one. All right. He was moved. He was everything he was doing was to satisfy the wicked one, not to satisfy God. And but see, Abel was different. Abel, his, he he wanted to he did things for God. He lived for God. He was righteous. And so God accepted him. And so he accepted his sacrifice. I don't believe it's possible for someone who is in, out of fellowship with God to present some kind of sacrifice that he'll accept. He Brother Justin? I like how God's making a distinction here in Genesis. Uh-huh. How he, he divided the, the light from the darkness there in the beginning. And here in chapter 4, he, it, it doesn't talk about all the other children that were there because he's making a distinction here. He's yes. making a distinction of, about the children of God That's right. That's and exactly the children right. of the devil. Uh-huh. And it goes on, chapter 5 goes on to uh, talk about the generations of Cain. And then, uh, or the rest of chapter four, and then the re- rest of chapter five goes on to talk about the generations of Seth. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. making this. He's, he starts off by making this distinction, and then in chapter six, there's that admixture. Yes, where these two lineages come together, and because of that admixture, <clears throat> it plunges the entire world, so yes. to speak, in, into sin, all, except for eight people. Yes, and uh, and so. He's making that distinction here between the children of God and and the children of the devil. And so there's a lot to be seen uh, in this chapter. And it's actually directly tied to 1 John Mm -hmm. when he's talking about how the children of God and the children of the devil are made manifest by what they do. Yes, amen. Amen. Yes, sister. There's there's also in this... uh, the fact that this was uh, the sacrifice mm-hmm. is what made the division uh, manifest, if you will. Mm-hmm. Unless a person can first give themselves to the Lord, yes, they're not going to be able to give an acceptable sacrifice That's right. That's to right. God. Your sacrifice is a representation of sorts yes. of yourself. Uh-huh. You're giving of your means. That's You're right. You're giving of your goods. Mm-hmm. You're giving. These are all things that are personally associated with us. That's right. That's right. Whenever, whenever mm-hmm. people buck against the tithe, mm-hmm. what they're saying is, God can have me, but He's not having my money. That's right. Yeah. And how does how does that work? Yeah. Right. <laughs> he lets he lets you keep ninety yeah. percent. And then, and he, it's of the Lord. He's mm-hmm. the one that gives us power to get wealth. That's right, yeah. All that we have yes. is received at his hand. Yes. And yet, how will we hold back anything from God? Mm-hmm. Our time? Yes. See, everything. That's everything. Right. We are the Lord. That's we right. We belong to him. We're bought by him. Amen. And so everything uh-huh. we are and everything we have... Mm-hmm belongs to him. That's right. Amen. We're stewards of what he lets us keep. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. That, um, that this tithe uh-huh. that Cain gave, right? He 
It was not accept. You made the point right. because Cain wasn't, which means that whatever it was, that's right. Uh-huh. He was not giving of himself. Mm-hmm. These these things may or may not have been important to him at all. Right. You know, he threw a few vegetables on the altar, mm-hmm. and um, but it, he he was not giving of himself. That's in right. That sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Abel was giving of himself, and it makes a point to say he gave the best. That's right. Yeah. Amen. You know, a a lot of the um, people that I've read uh, about this, they, um, and have read and have heard sermons about, is um, they make the the main point is what what the distinction of the sacrifices were. One was an animal, one was of the fruit of of the field. And, and I think they've missed the point of the text because he didn't say that he that he rejected his sacrifice first. And that's what it would have been. If it would have been because of the sacrifice, then he said he would have said he rejected his sacrifice and then him. But see, he rejected him. He rejected Cain. And so I'm not saying that there, there, that there was no distinction between the two, because there is. There is a better sacrifice, one that was going to come, and the offering that, came, that Abel gave represented that. It had that in its mind. Why? Because Abel was in communion with God. That's why, okay? Why did he, why did he give that specific sacrifice that where it required the shedding of blood, okay? Why? Because he understood it. That's why. Why? That's why it didn't make any. It, it didn't make any difference to Cain, because it was a sacrifice. It was something that it was of his goods. And now we know learn, learn later in the law that he did receive grain offerings. I mean, so this is. I'm not saying there is no value in that in that argument. I'm saying this isn't the chief reason. Yes. Well, he had the witness also. Oh yes. Of his his mother. That's father, right. That God made coats of skins to cover their That's nakedness. Right. And it that was that was the first shedding of blood mm-hmm. when God whenever God killed right. animals to cover. And so there there was an association oh, yes. of blood with um, with the covering of their sin. Yes. And, and so you know that like I said it is a it, it's like it, it's not that it's no value, but in the context of what God's saying here, this was not the chief reason that right. He rejected it. Okay, so you know, I, I and and I there again that that's that that's what I see in it. Okay, I, I I don't I don't think that this was the, but see, faith offered. I mean, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice because he was offering himself. Okay, he was he was he was giving himself to the Lord already. And so uh, the natural outflow of that is, is he, he was in communion with God, and so he, he gave a sacrifice that he knew God would, would receive. Okay, and so th- that makes a big difference. Now, Abel's blood, remember, he killed his brother, and his blood cried up from the ground, remember? And of course, I, we didn't have time to go into all that, but um, that, that account tells you a lot about, see, did somebody say, I, I'm going to kill you? Well, then you're going to have to live with that. See, this doesn't just go. This doesn't go away, and and, and people will tell you that. There, this doesn't go away. Why? Because it's God designed it that way. It's just not easy, right? But its blood cries up from the ground to this day to be avenged. Now, in, remember, I was, we briefly talked about his. He was a martyr. 
what is a martyr? One that was put to death for religious reasons, okay? Because their worship of God, they're put to death for that reason, all right? And that's why Cain killed Abel. If, if Abel would have just said, oh, no, I don't, I don't have any respect for God, there wouldn't have been any conflict there. Even if they didn't agree, he wouldn't have killed him, all right? And, uh, uh, that's, that, once again, my opinion. But listen to this, Revelation 6, 9. I'm saying that his blood from right now is still crying up out of the ground. Right now. Still crying for vengeance. Okay? And we, we, we know this. Uh, Revelation 6, 9 says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And this is exactly why Cain, I mean, Abel was killed. For his testimony. He had a testimony that, he, that God was pleased with him. How long, this is what they're crying out, how long, O Lord, and holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Okay, now, God's not forgotten about any of the blood of the martyrs. This is what he tells them. He says, um, he gave them white robes, right? And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season. He didn't say, I'm not going to avenge that blood. That's it's, it's in the past. God says, just wait, right? Just hold on. Should rest for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So God's going to judge this all at one time, all right? And then we read, uh, or, or this is what Jesus said <clears throat> in Matthew 23. You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send you the prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the bl blood of righteous Abel. See, God hasn't forgot about Abel. God died because he, he loved God, and God's not going to forget that. Unto the blood of Zacharias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar, verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. And we're still in that generation, okay? This generation, see, this is, we're part of a new generation, right? But see, there's a generation that's still here. It's an ungodly generation, one that hates God, one that nothing to do with doing holy things. God's not going to forget it. Now, what made Abel's sacrifice a more excellent sacrifice? Well, the Hebrew text is instructing us that it was sanctified by his faith. And that, we're in the faith chapter, Hebrews 11. It's showing the effects of faith. And see, because this is the chief reason, which is my conclusion here, that the chief reason that Cain killed Abel is because Abel had faith and Cain didn't. Now, this will we'll all find this true in our own lives, okay? If, if you meet someone and they have faith and you have faith, there's instant communion, right? Yeah. There's instant fellowship. Yes. Okay, it makes, makes making difference where you're at. Yes. Middle of Walmart, all of a sudden, it, it becomes a holy place because you've got this communion going on. Faith moves those who have it to obey God. It doesn't make any difference what it costs or how much they're going to lose. They've counted all things for loss for the excellency of the knowledge of God, right? They want to know him and the power of his resurrection. So all these other things become inconsequential. 
All right, so you're going to take all the way up to Abel. You're going to take my life. It doesn't say anywhere that he resisted. We must conclude that Abel was instructed that he should sacrifice. Oh, no, I read that wrong. So we must conclude then that Abel was instructed what he should sacrifice by his faith or lack of it. Okay. So see that that that's the that's the the, the thorny road you go down and say well. To, to, to look at things backwards and say, well, it was it was because of what he gave when the text says otherwise. It, it mentions his person first. And see, when you give your person, what is that? When, 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 Cain, when Abel gave of himself, he gave himself to God. What was that a picture of? That was a picture of what we have right now in the New Covenant. Yes, sister? Uh, David, in a couple of places... Uh, illustrates this also. Uh-huh. Whenever the Lord uh, slew the Israelites for the sin of David, uh-huh. and he came, he was uh, the angel was approaching Jerusalem, and David, David was making a sacrifice. He was going to give sacrifice. Yes. And Ariurana, uh, he he wanted to buy his field. Mm-hmm. And he offered to give the oxen and the cart for wood, and David said, no. Mm-hmm. I will not give unto the Lord. That would just cost me nothing. Yeah, that's In right. other words, it wasn't just a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It was his sacrifice. That's right, amen. That's right. And then again, whenever mm-hmm. David wanted to build uh, a temple to the Lord, he says, I dwell in a house of cedars, mm-hmm. and the Lord dwells in a tent. Yeah. And... His heart was toward doing this to mm-hmm. honor God, mm-hmm. and God t- says, "I, I don't, I don't need you, yeah, to to do that. Mm-hmm. The heaven of heavens, <laughs> I don't, I occupy the heaven of heavens. That's right. He said, but because it's in your heart, yes, yes, I'll, I'll let you give this. And David spent time. Mm-hmm. He knew he couldn't build it because he was a man of blood, right." But he didn't just say, oh, well, I can't build it. He started storing up the mm-hmm. precious things that would go into That's right. the building of that tabernacle. Amen. When he died, mm-hmm. Solomon already had a treasure store That's right. for that purpose. Amen. But it was David's heart mm-hmm. for the Lord. Yes. And God actually condescended to receive mm-hmm. that offering. Because of David's desire to give that to the Lord. Amen. 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 So see, God looks on the heart, right? Mm-hmm. That's why he looks on it. That's why he looked on with with Abel. Now, we can see that that faith hasn't changed at all from this from the very beginning. We see faith in, in Abel and the lack of it in Cain, and we see the results there. And we, and, we, and we could be teleported all the way up to right the moment we're living in, mm-hmm. and nothing's changed. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the same. And, and so um, we can see that faith hasn't changed. The same faith that Abel had, Abraham had. Same faith. It was See, it's demonstrated. It's, faith is so big. It can be demonstrated in all these different people's lives, and it'll all result in the same thing. They'll be pleasing unto God because they believed, right? Their faith. So the same faith that Jesus operated by during the days of his humiliation on earth, every one of his children have obtained like precious faith, right? 
So, so in other words, that's what that you want to say. Well, why does why did God set His love on so and so? Because of His faith, He believed Him, He trusted in the Lord, and so God had preference there. Now, in the sacrificial system that God gave unto Moses, He was teaching man that there was a price that had to be paid in order to cover sin. See now. Uh, the taking away of sin, see, even though in the sacrificial, sacrificial system, sin wasn't removed, it was covered, see? Um, but those sacrifices, it, it was keeping alive in the hearts and minds of men that there was a cost. And so, see, they didn't really understand the full cost. Jesus showed up, and he showed what would it take to take away sin. See, he, he, it would cost... The word had to be made of a woman, right? He had to be he, he had to be be born in such a way that he was under the law that God, the arrangement that God had made with the children of Israel. He had to be an Israelite. He had to be under that law. Then he had to keep that law perfectly. <clears throat> then he could be an acceptable sacrifice. Then he had to give his life. He had to give his life. So those that had sinned could be set free and have life. That's what was the cost of sin. Okay, it, it, it was so intricate that we haven't even plumbed the depths of it. After two thousand years, we still haven't plumbed the depths of it. But see, the, the 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 big part that we can see is that Jesus came, took upon him the form of a servant, and he laid down his life in order that we might have life. And have it more abundantly. Now that was the exchange. That's the cost. See, God couldn't just excuse or forget sin. He couldn't just like put it out of his mind. It couldn't happen. He's righteous. He's holy. Sin had to be dealt with. And the wages of sin is death. That's the, tr that's the, the fact. Sister? You've been driving home this matter of uh, faith. Mm -hmm. Making the difference. Yes. Now before the fullness of time uh -huh. men believed the things that God there were those that believed what had been revealed mm -hmm. and they reasoned on the things that were revealed mm -hmm. the difference is that whenever Jesus came mm -hmm. all that was focused yes. in man yeah. Jesus said, let uh -huh. not your heart be troubled. That's right. Ye believe in God. Yes. He's talking to the Jews. Ye believe in God. Yes. Believe also in me. Amen. And that's that is the 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 point mm -hmm. that everything that the Godhead is doing mm -hmm. is focused, as far as we are concerned, in Christ. That's right. Amen. Amen. So we believe the man. That's Christ right. Jesus, Amen. The Son Amen. of God. Yes. Now it. God had to make his soul an offering for sin. And it says this, that he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Mm -hmm. This is the one that he made his soul an offering for sin. Okay, he would have he would have offspring, but not earthly offspring. He would he would start a new. He was a progenitor of a new, Amen. A, a new people. Right. So scripture reveals that when Jesus' soul was being made an offering for sin, God was looking forward. This is why it pleased the Lord. It wasn't like he, he was pleased to, to bruise his son. He was looking at the outcome. 
what was going to occur because of this bruising, right? It, God shall see his seed. God shall prolong his days. Jesus' days, right? He's still, Jesus is still at the right hand of God. He's still reigning, right? Why? Because he, he gave his life. And now he's bringing many sons to glory. This is, he's produced a prosperous salvation, a, an eternal salvation. Only Jesus could do this. Now, in the new covenant, we're come to better things, right? Better things. Now, remember Abel's blood? His brother killed him, and his blood cried out for vengeance. Now, look at this. This is what happened when Jesus died. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, sprinkling that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. Jesus' blood cries out for forgiveness. That's what it is. Sin, I took sin away. So see, in other words, the blood of, 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 of Abel speaks of vengeance. You, God, you, you're going to have to deal with this, this, this person sinned. This person sinned. They killed me. They sinned. Have vengeance on them. That's a, what the blood of Abel speaking. What does the blood of Jesus say? Forgive them. I took away their sin. I took away their sin. I, they, you remember, you laid it on me. Have, have mercy on them. Compassion, be long-suffering with them. Why? This is what his blood speaks. Yes. Praise God for Jesus. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is, what, can, what is your best sacrifice you can give? What's the best offering that you can give to God? Myself. Yourself. Yes. Be a living sacrifice. Be someone that God can live in and, 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 and um, speak through. God can speak through you. The Holy Spirit can give you words to speak. Of course, we have them all here, right? These are the words of the covenant. What happens when when you're filled with the word of God? All of a sudden, it'll start coming out, right? You'll start talking to people about what God's done in you. This is your personal testimony. Only you can give it. Only you have it. I have a testimony. You have God's. In other words, what God? What has God done in you? You give that, and it'll be an acceptable sacrifice. It will. It'll be holy. Living for Christ is the only reasonable service. See, th- this is it. W- what else is more important than living for Christ? There isn't anything else. There's nothing else. And when you do that, it actually gives everything else significance. You find yourself, I do my job. I can do it as unto the Lord. It becomes, actually becomes enjoyable because I'm doing it for Christ and he's receiving it. That fellowship is there. Well, I thank God for this record that we have. Brother David? I'm glad that Jesus had the most excellent sacrifice. Yes, amen. Most excellent. (laughs) There is no better sacrifice. That sacrifice, look what it's accomplished. That one sacrifice in the end of the world, he appeared to take away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Now, how are you going to be productive in the kingdom of God? The same way. See, God's not going to work through you if you don't give yourself to him with all your heart. He's just not. There's always going to be something that's holding back. But when you do... Well, then see, you're blessed of God, and then everything you do will be beneficial to those around you. So I, I praise God for that. Any other comments from the brethren? Well, thank you, brethren. We've um, 
going to have a word of prayer and we'll have our, our break. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that, Father, he, he is the, the, performed the greatest sacrifice, Lord, when he gave himself in order that he might ransom those uh, individuals to you, Father. We thank you, God, for, for his saving ability, his ability to save them that believe. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to, to um, bless us, help us to see your son more perfectly. Father, we thank you for the accounts in Scripture, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit uh, living in us that you've put there so we might understand the things that are freely ours in Christ Jesus. Help us, Father, to um, understand your word more perfectly. Father, we ask a uh, blessing on the food we're about to partake of, that, Father, you would bless it, bless those um, who prepared it. Father, we, we thank you for the resources and, and, and that you give us. Help us, Father, to use them for you. In your son's name, amen.